As always, I'm Scoot Magoo. feel like sorry quickly what you said i feel like that's one of the reasons it makes sense to talk about it, is that it's just it's it's so it's hard to ignore at this point like if at first it was kind of this niche thing but now it feels like more i mean you know specific obviously music podcast uh more and more artists are talking about you know kind of from all corners of the musical landscape are talking about making them or like giving an opinion on it so it's it's just something that i mean Maybe it'll crash and burn. Maybe it'll become, you know, it's here to stay. But I, I think it's interesting to talk about for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll see. I mean, I, I don't know how, if I'll have. I, I mean, the one thing I'll say at the top is that throughout this conversation, you know, I think we're so, we're more or less on the same page. So I don't know how much we'll necessarily change each other's opinions, but like, Can, can I real quick on that? Like, the the word fungible has had quite the 
quite the renaissance or quite the resurgence where like i i don't know if like the like the vast vast majority of people went from like never having used this word to suddenly it's it's like it's just it's uh Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's not, it's not, you know, this, it's not that this will always be an issue. Uh, I mean, to the, like, to what extent can this be solved? I mean, obviously, to your point, I mean, this, you could name any, any number of technological innovations where, you know, efficiencies have been achieved over time. Um, I think, I mean, maybe this is a good pivot point. I think it's, my interest or at least kind of what led me to read more once that you know nfts blockchain crypto was something that just people it 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 turned from kind of like a nerdy quirky thing that i i was like i don't really i don't really feel like i need to get into this it's one of those things that if you once you ask someone who's really into it about it you kind of regret it pretty quickly um but the more it was talked about, the more I looked into it, and and where it boils down to me is, you know, like you said, a significant amount of, uh, you know, infrastructure and, um, you, know, you know, process improvements that would need to be achieved to make this environmentally feasible. Um, what's what's it for? Like, because I think that's ultimately where I landed. You know, the, the the more I've looked into it is that I feel like at this point I understand it. But I, I don't really get it, and I think that's a distinction. Like I understand how it works, and you know, eventually we'll we'll pivot to talking about it in a music context. I, I guess I just don't really, yeah. But like, I, I just feel like, and this isn't surprising from a, you know, we both collect physical media, so it, it we in, inherently have some kind of bias toward. I prefer to have a physical copy, and naturally, like you know, the very nature of this is that everything is digital everything we're talking about is digital uh i mean even if you, you know you you mentioned that it's really just you own a link but like even if you had the actual property on your computer it's still a digital property um and, and that's the thing that just it puzzles me is that even if you don't have like the officially minted nft you're you could still take a screenshot of it. Like, I mean, like the whole, I think the, the new thing now is the, uh, like the, the, the lazy monkeys or like, what are they called? Yeah. But like, whatever the one they look, you know, they're colorful, you know, different ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, and all the stories that talk about them, there's a, there's a picture of it. They show it. Yeah. It might not be like the officially, you know, minted NFT, but it's, I mean, I can still see it. And it, you know, as much as I can experience it, um, Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've talked about before why I stopped collecting music digitally is because I felt like I didn't actually own anything. And, you know, that that's what I have streaming for is that I have some kind of digital means with which to engage with music, you know, kind of, you know, try before you buy, that kind of thing. And I just, I just feel like for me, the, the utility of having something digitally like i mean not not to get too philosophical but it's just it, it's weird to me that we're moving so much more towards you know just living life and engaging and doing things like not on earth it's kind of weird like in the midst of of like coming out of like a, a pandemic where we were away from each other maybe maybe that's a, it's a result from it that we liked being away from each other 
we want to you know we'd rather be in the metaverse than i don't know i i, I just want to engage in life i want to engage with actual media i don't know like i, I just I, I think it's it interests me why why this appeals to people specifically at the price points i mean not everything is in like the millions or whatever but there are a number of nfts that it's like why would you pay this much for <laughs> like i just really don't really don't get it mm -hmm. Mm hmm Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
Yeah, and, and like the, that, the whole thing about artificial scarcity—that's kind of what I can remember. The specific thing that prompted me to look into NFTs and blockchain more—it was the whole. Um, and this isn't necessarily music related, so I'll try to make it quick. But uh, you know the whole Charlie uh, Charlie bit my finger thing—that was minted as an NFT. And then, you know, like someone bought it for, I forget the amount, but it was at least several hundred thousand or like thousands of thousands of dollars. They were going to take it off YouTube because I, I, I mean, it was, I guess it was minted. That person owned it. And there was a huge backlash. They ended up putting it back up. And to me, that, that was, I was like, well, wait a second. I was like, I thought that's how it worked. Like, like at first I was like, I don't really like, I think it kind of sucks that one person can own like the, like as the sole ownership and ability to this video or this you know this property and you know no one else has access to it unless they pay for it um especially something that was just kind of like a funny video uploaded to youtube but then the fact that it could arbitrarily it's like oh well we'll just put it on youtube but this person is the real owner i just don't really 
understand that. And I think, you know, to bring it to music, I think just the, the big, the big barrier for me when I'm thinking about this is we're talking about the possibilities. And I like how earlier you said that a lot of this is just like the potential and, you know, like how would you actually implement these solutions, you know, practically. I mean, we're talking about how you can profit off of, you know, selling it, you know, minting NFTs, selling NFTs as a musician. But we haven't solved the original issue that has been going on for, you know, the last decade or longer, that people aren't buying music anymore, or, you know, a couple decades. So, like, you're going you're gonna to find a creative way to monetize it, monetize something that people aren't buying to, <laughs> at a, you know, in a sustainable amount. Like, I, I just, I can't, I can't get past that one barrier for me. Exactly. And that, that's what I was going to say is that for sure, it seems like, and actually I pulled up a, a couple examples of, you know, very different ends of the spectrum. Uh, guitarist for Imperial Triumphant, he was on the Metal Sucks podcast and he said, this is a direct quote, uh, you should definitely get into NFTs. I'm not involved with them as much as I should be, but I definitely have made more money with NFTs than I have with music. So there's definitely something to be said there. And then on the total other end of the spectrum, uh, Steve Aoki, the celebrity DJ, says, um, yeah, he said he has made more money from his NFT sales in the past year alone than he has from six albums over the past decade. You know, quote, if I was to really break it down in the 10 years I've been making music, six albums, you combine all those advances, what I did in one drop last year in terms of NFTs, I made more money. However, it clarifies Aoki made... 888 I'm not it's like $800,000 it's all eights it's kind of annoying to read on the sale of his Harry NFT last year which I don't know what that means but in parentheses that said he didn't he did note that live DJ jobs make up 95% of his music income so that's I mean that's where I come from you know with the whole the money angle is that who's actually you know like the average music fan those are the type of people who are paying to go see Steve Aoki live you know, I feel like the people who are buying NFTs, sure, like on on like an NFT NF, you know, NFT NFT to NFT basis, sure, you can make a significant amount of money, you know, potentially. But I feel like it's a relatively small like does the average person really collect NFT I mean, maybe. I haven't you know, I haven't polled the average you know, the average music listener.
Uh-huh. Yeah. No, but 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 I, I feel like that's uh that's kind of the problem with with this in a way is that it's just it's so even when you understand it we're talking about, you know, not abstract ideas, but we're talking about things that don't and again, I know I'm like I'm, I'm a little bit of an older soul for my age and, and like, you know, the direction that newer generations is going, you know, online. Like they want you know, this you can create a showroom for all your, your digital assets, you know, like in general, people are, are moving towards, you know, kind of a, basically like Sims, except for everything, you know, 
or, or yeah, or, or what's that? Um, was it like Afterlife? Wasn't there like a really Second Life? Thank you. Like that's just becoming like more and more. You know, I, I would say it's becoming more and more of a reality, but obviously it's not like <laughs> it's not it's not real life. But I just I haven't I haven't seen an NFT solution for musicians that. I just feel like, I, I mean, well, that, but also, like, I guess I, I don't really, I just feel like m most of the money to be made from it, I can't imagine the average music listener is the one that's taking part in that, and that it, it's sustainable, just because, I mean, what's the, the reality of the music landscape, is people just aren't paying for music. So how are they going to go from not buying like a $10 album or like a, you know, less than that download from Bandcamp to suddenly they're going to buy this super expensive minted NFT? I mean, I know obviously you could set the price, but most NFTs I've seen are, are more than paying for a single album. Um, <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think what it boils down to for i mean like i don't know if the average like small band would actually get into like the, the lift that it would take to develop nfts and when people actually bite for it you know I, I i i don't know if that's really i mean maybe it is the future but for now i just feel like there's some pretty significant questions that have to be answered it just feels like a in a way it almost feels like an mlm like it feels like I mean, it has value because enough people like think it has value, and then the the way that you make money from there. I mean, this is true, you know, throughout capitalist society. But you do have to convince someone else to pay more than what you paid. So, like, but that's the case for anything you can sell, at least for actual goods and services. There's something tangible. I just don't. I mean, the only or the from the same podcast, and, and I, I almost hate to keep quoting the imperial triumphant guitarist because honestly i mean i know it was just on a like a casual it was on the metal sucks podcast so not expecting something super eloquent but it's a little it's a little all over the place um 
but he did posit this one use case, which I'll try to go through quickly. Uh, for example, you see there's a company that's starting to shoot up that are selling tickets on the blockchain as an NFT. Um, imagine you buy a ticket to a show, you have your tickets there. Uh, you can't lose it or anything. It exists in the blockchain. If you want to sell your ticket to someone, that person could verify that it's real. You know, it's not a fake ticket or a scam. You can verify through the blockchain that it's a real ticket. When they buy the ticket from you, the band that you bought from gets a cut. I mean, that already helps with the whole scalping issue and people trying to rip off bands. I mean, first of all, I, I, I have to think there's a way you could do that without necessarily involving the blockchain. Um, but again, I don't, I mean, I know I, I didn't, I mean, he didn't reference the company. I didn't look into it, but like the band getting a cut, I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like there's only so much money to go around. Like obviously the app has to get paid. The venue has to get paid. The, you know, like how, how much realistically could this solve that issue? And then, you know, putting on top of it, the issues we mentioned before about like the environmental aspect and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I just don't ultimately, I mean, I think the environmental issues that that's a, that's a true concern. Other, you know, other than that, I mean, like it's, it's kind of a, other than that, how was the play Miss Lincoln situation? Like it's, it's not a, it's not a small consideration, but like if people do want to buy like, you know, mint and, and sell NFTs if artists, you know, like Steve Aoki and, and you know, Imperial Triumph think that it actually is a better avenue than creating music, I, I suppose. But I mean, I'll go back to someone like Steve Aoki, where he admitted that 95% of his actual true revenue comes from playing like live DJ games, playing music live. Like, I just don't, I don't see this replacing kind of like the hallmark, you know, ways that, that we've developed for interacting with artists. And I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, I don't even know. I don't remember the last time I saw a Steve Aoki like album be promoted. I mean, obviously, I know that he does release them, but yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, 100%. I, I really... I mean, again, I'm open to this becoming... A th I mean, I, I re truly can't see myself ever really indulging in NFTs. I mean, I just... If I'm not... If I don't want to buy MP3s, which obviously have been around for a lot longer than NFTs, like, I'm not interested in that, like, digital property. I can't see myself getting an NFTs, but...
Mm-hmm. Which is, which is super ironic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll be here for the the growing pains. You know, I'm I'm definitely interested to see how this might evolve, how things might change. If if, if I mean, if there's a way that if, if there's a way that it's relevant to me, and that I might want to you know invest in it, then great. But I feel like the problem this might solve is it goes back to you can help artists make money, and I feel like. You know, I, I mean, I, I mean, I think I could always do better. Only have so much, you know, so many coins in the coffers. But I think I do a decent enough job of, of supporting artists, and um, I just this this doesn't really make sense to me. And certainly, I hope that the you know kind of the Moore's law argument that uh, is is a real real argument. I think it has validity to it. Hopefully, it kicks in sooner rather than later. <laughs> because I mean, I, I don't think blockchain crypto nfts are going anywhere and you know at some point i think someone will come up with a smart solution but um Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, again, I, I think utility is a unique conversation when it comes to art because it's not, you know, like you need a reliable car to get to work. There, there's some there's some level of like objective, like what does it mean? Like if your car doesn't have wheels, that's not super reliable. But like how valuable is art? How valuable is the specific way you consume a piece of art? Like that's definitely something that will shift and, and change and, and you know I yeah No, for real, and I think just to put it, you know, kind of wrap up the thought I started earlier, um, you know, there was a time when, like when, when the, I guess the, the phonograph was first, you know, in bed, there's definitely people who, you only, you can only truly appreciate art or music by seeing it in, you have to go to the symphony, you have to go see an orchestra actually play. And that's trickled down between, oh, like, vinyls. I mean, obviously, there are people who still think that. Like, vinyl's the only format that matters. And, and you know, the, the digital music spread. Like, there's just people... People will always have... You know, there will always be, like, an old man yells at cloud um, kind of dynamic to... You know, you, you, you can't stop progress. And, I mean, I, I think that we've laid out some pretty... And, you know, not us, many people have laid out compelling you know, criticisms or, or just kind of considerations when it comes to NFTs, but, you know, progress does keep marching on. So, you know, I'm, I'm open to, this is not, this is not me rooting against NFTs and blockchain and crypto, like till the end of time. I mean, certainly I, I won't, um, you know, I don't own any of it. I don't think from like a music perspective, I'll own any music NFTs anytime soon. Um, but uh, if it becomes useful, like if, if, it, if it's something that I think has value, then sure, why not? And I think that's kind of, uh, that's kind of a more, um, what do I want to say? Like it, it's a, it's a less, like I think the whole idea of like energy usage, that's a pretty tangible understanding of Moore's law, but like maybe like the creative Moore's law where like there are refinements to the actual creative value of something. And maybe over time that will bear out. Who knows? Exactly. Yes. Well, I am slowly making my way through 
the different CDs I purchased and some of the ones you gave me, I've just been, um, you know, kind of <sighs> trying to trying to catch up. I feel like I, I need to put a moratorium on myself when it comes to new music and, and just like really, really rein it in. Um, And it's interesting because I I listened to this album and felt all types of different ways about the album that this band is going to release this week. Uh, so it was... I guess fortuitous or just unfortunate. I've bought. I kind of pulled the trigger and finally bought a couple of copy of Star Spawn by Blood Incantation, and I, I I just think that they're. I don't I don't think they're overhyped. Like I I think that they. I think they're on the the border. I think they're properly hyped in the fact that like they make really good death metal. You know, I think to me overhyped is that their music is bad and people say they're good. I do think that they're maybe. Like, my issues with them are structural. I think their albums are kind of weirdly, you know... it's They almost feel like mini-albums or, like, glorified EPs. But, like, the actual death metal contained therein, kind of, like, the, the way that they, you know, lean on Death Doom and cosmic elements and whatnot, I, I mean, I think it's really effective and, and really done well. Uh, obviously, their new album that's coming out is a ambient album, maybe? Uh, I think the actual quote... If I can quickly find it in my tab, because I think it's on a, a different page. Um, oh, they said that you know the time wave zero is coming. It's you know it's not like you're floating in a cloud the whole time. There are riffs. So interested to see how that plays out. Um, no, I I would love to talk about it regardless. So, um, but in the meantime, I, mean, I think what I'm most curious about because I haven't heard time wave zero at all. Um, what works so well about Star Spawn, specifically because it's my album of the week, but also just Blood Incantation in general, is the way that they write solid death metal that leverages these kind of spacey, you know, celestial elements into their sound. It's kind of the same thing that happened with Wolves in the Throne Room. I don't really re remember loving Celestite, their you know dark, you know, dedicated dark ambient album, but I love the way that they integrated synths and and those kind of textures in their their actual music so uh because i mean by the same token i don't think blood incantation would be as effective if they didn't kind of tinker and do something like i think they present the new wave of like you know old school death metal revival in a unique interesting way and if they just kind of stripped it back to true bare bones i don't know if they would stick out as much so i'm wondering if the flip side's true where they try to make a dark ambient album and they're not you know they're not as successful in that regard um, For sure. No, I was actually I was at Newbury Comics, and um, I don't know. It's just it's been on my list for a while, and I kind of go in with like, all right, I'll spend like a set amount. Like I don't want to go crazy, and I really didn't find that much. And it was actually the only thing I bought. I think it was new for like 13, 14 bucks, which is, is more than I would spend on a single album, but I didn't really see anything else. And I just was, I was in the, I was in the mood for selling heavy. So I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to own Blood Incantation for a while. I don't own any of their, their stuff. 
So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull the trigger. And then of course it it was like it was right after that they announced or not, that I bought it that they came out with like a really pretentious interview about their process. And th- that's what I'm super interested in. Um, like what what's actually gonna happen when they drop this album? Because I feel like I could see it going either way, where like metal fans, you know it. it who aren't really that exposed to like ambient music or whatever. Like this is like the most innovative, greatest thing ever. Like, I mean, again, I don't really know what it's going to sound like on the same token. Are they going to be like, Hey, this is shit. Like where the fuck are the riffs? Um, cause I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like I don't really have a good grasp of what it's actually going to sound like because at first they, they were talking about like how, you know, how unique it was going to be like, you know, how they're going to go in a completely, you know, different direction. And then suddenly, like, the specific interview I mentioned, other, other, you know, like, one other place I saw them talk about this, um, that now they're like, oh, like, don't, like, you know, the quote I just read, like, you know, there's going to be riffs, like, it's just, they'll be in a different way, which, like, I don't, I can't say I really know what that means. <laughs> like, I don't, like, what does that mean? Like, is, you know, like, is it, a, are you going to have, like, death metal passages? Are you just going to, like, I don't know, it just... I'm curious, but in the meantime, I think that they are, you know, definitely one of the the better newer death metal bands on the market today and I'm glad that I finally own a record for them. I mean we've we've talked about this before. I I scanned it in and tried to figure it out. I think it was like a newer reissue that they just you know they just came out with so maybe that was it yeah i was surprised too because i saw it and i was like hey like you know i'll I'll grab it why not so hey there you go Mm mm-hmm Hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad. I mean, I, I, um, I think I said there was another album, which I won't say it because maybe it'll be your album of the week next week, but there was an album that I mentioned that I bought it. It was my album of the week and you like got really excited about it and you did mention it. Sorry. I, I was folk. Yeah, I was, I was, I was focused on, um, because I was, I was thinking back to that day when I bought that Burns album. I think I bought it at the Keen Bull Moose, and then we put it on, and he was, it was both, like, the angle of, like, why do you like this, and, like, please tell me why you like this, um, but, yeah, I thought that, yeah, I thought that, um, I don't know, I just, I wanted to, like, give you, like, a, an experimental music package, like, a gift, a gift package of, like, different, different releases that, like, I enjoy, but I'm like, you know what, I feel like you'd enjoy more, so I'm really, really glad to hear that, uh, and I think for me, um, it's kind of why I stopped, like, I was, at one point said I was going to be a Tangerine Dream completionist, and just get all their stuff, and I think it was just the same thing with Mersbow, I was like, there's so many releases of his that sound cool, and conceptually, I think are interesting, but, like, 
I feel like a lot of his releases are super dense or, or you know, sometimes they, they kind of blend together for me. So, yeah, exactly. So. Sounds good. All right, bye.